Welcome to the Family Photography Marketing Podcast, where we dive into the world of marketing and help you take your business to the next level. I'm your host, Fiona, a marketing expert with 10 years of experience in the family photography industry. And in each episode of this podcast, I'll be sharing my insights and strategies for successful marketing to help you navigate the ever-changing landscape of digital and traditional marketing techniques. So whether you're just starting out or looking to fine-tune your marketing approach, this podcast has something for you. So join me and let's get started. Today we are going to be talking about websites. So if you already have a website um, and you think you don't need to listen, just stay tuned because I'm going to be talking about some tips and tricks you can implement to make your existing website, if you already have one, even more helpful for clients and potential clients. So Over the past five years or so, I've definitely seen a shift away from websites for family photographers, and a lot of them have been putting all of their eggs in social social media. All of their eggs, that sounded weird. All of their eggs in the social media basket is what I meant. Just today, I was reviewing a online presence for a family photographer, which is something that I do in my one-on-ones, and they had a beautiful Instagram feed, and it was very cohesive and trust-building. But then when you went to their link in bio, it was just to a booking page and there was no other information. And so the first issue with that is this photographer owns none of those platforms. It was just a a big cartel booking page and then they had their social media platform. So if the people who run both of those companies decide to switch things up, she really doesn't have any control there. There's no part of that where she fully owns the client experience. So that's why having a website is so important because it is the place where you fully own the experience that your client is going to have, how they're going to see your brand, how they learn more about you. Just this past year, Instagram went down for a day. The year before that, Facebook did. There's been massive algorithm changes. I mean, the head of Instagram or whoever that Adam Muzari guy who kind of sets the tone for Instagram has come out and said, we are trying to make a short form video platform for teens. So if that is Instagram's long-term goal and they keep pushing more and more towards that goal, we may lose more and more control over how we want our content to be seen or how it's seen at all. And so that's why a website is so important. The second reason is what I kind of touched on before. You don't have any data from, if you have Instagram and you have a and you have a big cartel page for your booking, you really are losing out on being able to track visitors as they move around your brand. Over the past two years, I feel like Instagram has gotten a lot better in terms of tracking tools and insight tools, which you definitely should be using if you're in growth mode and you are trying to become a better marketer. I have really become someone who considers myself a data scientist when I market. And that's a, that's a really great goal to move from being a very emotional, worried marketer where the things you put out into the world somehow mean something about you as a person to someone who's putting things out into the world so that they can gather data about how those things were perceived so they can tweak them and then try again. That's all, that's all marketing is putting things out there. Was it received? Was it not? Tweak and try again or pour more energy into the things that are working. So when you have a website, you can get so much data. When someone clicks through, you can see what pages they visit, how long they stayed on them. You have just 
you can see where they came from, which is how you can know which marketing channels to get people to your website you should pour into. So if you don't have a website, you're just missing this dictionary full of data that you could have about your client experience. So I think the thing that turns photographers off from websites is that somewhere along the line, someone said, if you're a photographer and you have a website, your website has to be the most complicated, but also perfectly designed thing. And if you are in growth mode and you don't have a lot of money or you don't have a lot of time, it's very overwhelming to think about building a website that has flash elements and perfectly designed logos and a perfect color scheme and you know these very trendy websites that we see and there's nothing wrong with those websites but you don't need all of that you actually need a very simple foundation it doesn't have to have 27 pages it can literally be an about me page a blog and a contact page at the very minimum if you were just starting out it doesn't need to have a perfect logo. It doesn't need to have branded colors. There are certain tips and tricks within those elements of design that can be very helpful. But if you're just trying to get something out into the world, don't be drawn into the overcomplicated websites because you will just end up spinning your wheels in the design phase of the website, which is where a lot of photographers get stuck. And then they end up needing to hire people. And then those people end up taking weeks and weeks and weeks. And then you're just missing out on all of that data. So I would rather you get up a very simple, simple, easy to navigate website so you can start gathering data. And then as you gain more clients, you can always do more of a rebrand, pour money into your website, but it doesn't need to be the best, most fancy thing right out, right out the bat. Okay. So here are some things that you should have on your, um, a website that a lot of people overlook. So the first thing is, again, my whole foundation for marketing is that I think it's way easier if you break your marketing up into seasons. That's kind of, there's a theme in all the episodes of this podcast, and that's one of them. So if we're operating under the assumption that that's going to be the easiest and best way for you to market, you should have a seasonal call to action on your homepage. That would mean if someone arrives on your homepage, they've arrived on the first page they encounter of your brand that is your website, you want them, you want to call to those people who want to book whatever it is you're booking. So you want to make it as specific as possible. So it could be like looking to book spring sessions, click here, something as simple as that, because then we can really get people to understand right off the bat what it is that you are trying to book at this moment. So a simple snippet that gives people an overview right on the homepage is really helpful. Most people completely underutilize their homepage. You have to think about consumer behavior. When you click onto a website, what you really want to do naturally, just mechanically, is you want to scroll down. And so often a photographer website will, the homepage will be one image. And then the next action that you're asking me to do is to go up to your menu and start clicking links. That's not what people naturally want to do. And that's not how we look at a lot of other content online. What we naturally want to do is scroll down. So a good homepage is a nice scroll that is basically a mini overview of your entire site. So on that, you'd see your seasonal call to action. You'd see a little bit of an about me, not the full page, maybe a link to the full page, but that is something about you as a photographer, hopefully a picture or a video of you so they can connect. They're scrolling down more. You talk about what type of photography you do, how you can help them. And then this is very important. And I'll talk about this again in this episode. 
at the end when we go over the must-haves is there has to be a link, some sort of link at the bottom, whether it's it's a duplicated menu or you're sending them somewhere from the bottom of that scrollable page. Because if we go back to the mechanics of consumer behavior, if you're scrolling down and you get to the bottom of a page, we know that people are much more likely to just completely click out of that website than scroll all the way back up to the top to the menu items. So that is a huge issue that I see when I review photographer websites. It's just a really easy way to get someone to completely click away. I'm going to go through my very strange way that I think about websites. So this is how I think about it. Your potential client arrives in a little car to a town that is your website. Are you with me? So you're in a little, your potential clients in a little car. They've arrived to a town. The town looks lovely. They want to see if they want to move here. All the houses they see as they drive are their style. They're getting really excited. As they go along, they get to know the mayor of the town. She's really wonderful. And you feel like this person can really help you settle in and make this place your home. That's how you want people to feel as they're going around your website. With each turn they take, there's a new and cute, perfect house for sale. The more you drive along, the more you're wanting to buy, the more you want to live in this town, the more you want to see yourself here. And at every opportunity that you encounter, a cute house or something you love, there's someone there saying, hey, would you like to move here? All you have to do is walk right through this door. It's so simple. And you know that once you move into this town, the mayor is going to show up and help you decorate the house and landscape it. And everything is going to look exactly like the houses that you fell in love with when you first entered the town. The town's easy to navigate. You could drive around in circles and always find your way to purchasing that perfect little house. That's how I think about my website, because I have to think about where is someone in their perfect little car going to slam into a roadblock and have to do a 10 point Austin Powers turn. If you don't know what that is, then watch that movie. It's amazing. When he tries to turn his little car around in the hallway and has to do like 27 maneuvers. We do not want people to have to do that on our website. As they're flowing along, they're going down your homepage They're able to see multiple places they could click into, learn more, build more trust. At the bottom, you're sending them somewhere specific. You are the guide throughout this website process. So if all you had was a scrollable homepage, they're scrolling to the bottom. Let's say they get to your about me and they're like, okay, that's usually the second most visited page on a website beyond the homepage. They say, I want to learn more about this person. I want their motivation is they want their trust to remain high. They're there. They're already there because they've fallen in love with your imagery. There's a part of them that sees themselves already in your brand. So this is very valuable attention. If you have someone on your website, your goal is to keep them there as long as possible for two reasons. When people click onto your website and trust is immediately broken, we've all had this happen to us as consumers. You see something, maybe it's an ad on Instagram You're like, oh my gosh, that's so cute. You click through, but what you find on the other side is like a website that looks like it's maybe possible scammy or the vibe doesn't fit at all with what you clicked on. You immediately leave. And the reason you do that is because your trust in that brand is broken. So we want our trust to remain high throughout the website experience. So if I'm scrolling along, I see your face. I'm like, there she is. I want to learn more about her. Click on your about me. We're going to have a whole separate episode on copy that would include a section on about me. So we're not going to touch totally on that today, but the basic 
thing to know is that even within that about me page, you should have pictures of your favorite sessions, like the images that really call to you. You should have on that about me page, a way for them to book you or get in contact with you. Of course, I am a proponent of online booking. I think it's just a really great consumer centered way to get people on your calendar. It's how people naturally buy things. Oftentimes in the photography world, we are still asking people to jump through too many hoops to actually get on our calendar and online booking can take that away. can just make it easy to get the thing that they want. So if you think about your about me page as a, if they're not just finding a picture of you and then learning about the 10 types of tacos that you love, and then you're not sending them anywhere else, there's no call to action. There's nothing that's fully drawing them into the brand. That is another place that you can end up losing them as opposed to an about me page. that talks about how you specifically as a photographer can help them. You're using your imagery, the inspiration, the thing that drew them to your brand in the first place. There you say, here's an example of three types of sessions that I love, for example, and it links to three blog posts that are very, very on brand, the type of sessions that you want to create more of. And maybe there's a link to contact you or get on your calendar right from that about me page. That's where this data comes in. If you have a website, you know that people are spending a lot of time on your about me page. And that's usually the next thing they're going to click when they arrive on your site, then you can't discount how valuable that page is. So as you are thinking from the consumer standpoint about what you would want to experience on that page, it changes the design. So you're no longer just putting a picture of your face and information about where you went to college, which by the way, no one really cares about. You are talking about how you're going to hold their hand through this process and help them to become one of these ideal sessions that they fell in love with on your site. So they've already fallen in love with your work. You just have to keep putting more and more of that beautiful, consistent work in front of them because that is what is going to build trust. You don't want your website to be for everyone. The goal is not to serve every single person. You want someone who arrives on your website, if they aren't a good fit, you want them to be turned off. If someone comes to my website and they're looking for posed pictures of everyone at the local park, they're not going to find that. They're going to keep scrolling around and eventually get frustrated because they're going to say, well, this isn't at all what I want. That's good. I don't want to be the photographer for everyone. And it's not about being exclusionary. It's about leaning into your vision as an artist. So when I have a client who arrives on my website, who's naturally adventurous, who is a little bit whimsical, who loves playfulness, they're going to keep falling more deeper into my website because they're going to want to see more, experience more. The brand trust stays high. That's what I want because that client, when they do land on my booking page, they're not going to be asking me a million questions and pushing back on all my policies. Whereas if that person who wanted the post images in the park actually books with me, we're going to butt heads throughout the booking process because when I send my styling advice and my welcome information, it's going to be completely off of what they're actually looking for. So that's, and I don't, and just to be clear, I don't get people like that, even going through the online booking phase with me because I've spent so much time building a trustworthy site. 
a trustworthy online presence. Everywhere that someone, a potential client encounters my brand, they're encountering the type of session that I love to shoot the most. And so they're either turned on or turned off. And we want to turn as many people off as we want to on. And sometimes I think that photographers try to make their website welcoming for every single person. And of course you don't want to say like, hate speech or be rude, but you want to be clear about the type of person that's going to work best with you because it hurts everyone. If you get someone on your site who, and then ends up on your calendar, who's looking for something that you don't offer that wastes both of your time. So it's okay to be really specific about who you help and who you don't help. So as you're building it out, think about that little person in the car driving through, fix the dead ends, demolish the pages that don't make sense, that don't fit, that give information that's not what you need people to know. Go through your old galleries. Make sure you don't have confusing images. Like if you don't shoot seniors anymore, then don't have seniors on your website. Your website can be extremely simple. It can be a white background, the text of your your business name. You don't even necessarily need a logo and it just needs to beam through with your the sessions that you love to shoot the most, which should be your focus. And then if you can, if you're building up and you have more time, put that energy into creating educational resources that would be like blog posts about how to handle kiddo behavior, if that's something that they're worried about, styling tips, location tips, everything that someone would need as a handhold through the discovery process of your brand to actually landing on your calendar. Okay, so those are just some things to think about. You may end up going through, I think an initial instinct when people say, I need to redo my website, they think I need to add more complication. I need to add more features. I need to add a flash, a flash cover page or whatever those pages are where you like click into them and then you have to go to the actual website. I need to add all these elements. I need perfect branding. I need the colors to be on point. And instead, what you may need to do is actually simplify your website down. And if you're struggling with identifying dead ends or places that people are getting stuck, have someone who has nothing to do with photography go through your site. Like this, in in my world, that could be like my dad. Like have him go through, watch over his shoulder, see where he naturally, naturally as a consumer of a brand online, how does he naturally scroll through? Where does he get stuck? Where does he get bored? Where is he running out of things to look at? Then you can go through and in all of those places, make sure that there is a call to action, the next place to go, the next little road to travel down to learn more about your brand and fall more in love. So those types of tasks are really important. You have multiple people go through the client, the potential client experience and fix those issues. That's something that a lot of people never do. They have static pages that don't link together. There's no flow. It's boring for the potential client. There's a huge loss of trust, especially on the about me page where they only talk about themselves, not how they can be helpful. Okay. So then three additional things that are really, really important. Actually, it looks like I have, no, there are three. Okay. So the first one is a custom domain. So I'll often see people where it's like dot. BeckyAndersonPhotography.com. I just made up that name. You want to have a custom domain. Um, when you have Wix or Pixie Set or one of those in front, that's just a natural trust breaker. So we want to avoid anything that could potentially break trust. And a non-custom domain is one. 
The second one is you want to have a secure website address. That means that your website goes HTTPS. The S is for secure because that helps people to know that your website is a safe place to be. And you can usually do this by just, if you have your own hosting, you can, it's a simple switch on the back end. If you don't, you can just Google your website and how to make it secure. The other thing that is completely overlooked by photographers is load, load speed. So if your website is loading too slow, it's not necessarily going to break trust. It's just going to go against what a consumer is naturally going to do on a website. If I'm on a website, if I see a beautiful dress on Instagram, for example, and I click through and the website is loading like an actual sloth, I'm just not probably, I don't love the dress probably enough to stick around for it to slowly upload. And if it's clunky and hard to navigate from there, then I'm definitely out. So this may mean there's a lot of sites that are free where you can test your load speed. So you can use one of those and the recommendations they give are always going to be too fast. than a photographer's website can generally be because we do have image heavy sites. So it's not that you're trying to be the fastest in the world. You just need to be fast enough that your load speed does not cause a trust issue within your client experience on your website. So those are three additional things to keep in mind. So to review, if you had a website that was very easy to navigate, that had a great flow as your potential clients driving their little cute car around your website, they never run into a roadblock, they never run into a dead end, and they land where you both want to be, which is on your calendar. And that is your focus as you design the foundation of that space, then you will be doing so much better than I would say 80% of the photographer websites that I see. At this point, especially if you were in growth mode, don't be lured by branding right now. Branding is something that you can use. I love to use branding as a reward. So let's say you hit your income goal for spring or you got extra profit in summer and the first thing you know you want to invest in is new branding, then that's a perfect time to do it. But you will slow yourself way down if you're overly focused on branding in the beginning. Right now, your imagery is your branding. And that is such a powerful leg up that you have that many people are underutilizing. Continuing to build trust through that consistent imagery is the most powerful tool in your marketing arsenal. Okay, I don't know if you heard my dog. She just barked in the background. She's trying to be involved. So this website, sorry, (laughs) this podcast episode was brought to you by my course, which is my online marketing course, Four Steps to a Trusted Brand. And this will be happening on February 16th and it will be taking place on Zoom. There will be time at the end for a personalized q and I'm keeping the class size small so that everyone will have the opportunity to ask a question or two. And um, I'm really excited. The last one, I'm already getting such great feedback about people feeling like they have tips and tricks to implement in an actual plan. Um, right now, I know it can feel completely overwhelming to think about marketing. There are about a million ways you can market and things you can do. So this class really helps you to identify the most important tasks to book the type of sessions that you want to get on your calendar. So I would love to see you there and I will see you guys again or speak to you again next Monday. Have a great week.